Hello and welcome back to The Wrap. This is Columbus Business First weekly look at the top business stories happening in central Ohio. Uh, this week we've got uh, some news on the NCAA cracking, Rogue going rogue, and two different stories about the same location in German Village. I'm Doug Buchanan. I'm here with Mark Summerson, Dan Eaton, Eleanor Kennedy. Okay, let's start with... I don't want to say the evil empire, but let's just say the NCAA and their rather arcane rules for uh, amateurism. Is that too harsh? Yeah, no. Doug's letting loose on the over? podcast. I, I, will, I will say that for for how long the and how long has the NCAA been around? A hundred years. Yep. They have made it very clear that their athletes must remain amateurs without any pay, mm-hmm. but that the schools can reap mighty mighty benefits from yeah. their. Students, they're students. I mean, athletes. we went through this with the Olympics, yep. uh, and uh, and, it, and it just showed that it was an untenable system that wasn't fair to the athletes. And in this case, you know, the the uh, the schools uh, in the NCAA are reaping literally billions and billions of dollars from college sports, primarily football and basketball, and the players get a free education. They get a free uh, education. Is, they get don't meals. get me wrong, which is great. Yes, they, they get well, sweats. Yes, snack table. Shoes to wear. Lots of Nike products. All the Nike products you could ever want. Anyway, enough with the editorializing. What was the actual news uh, that, that happened? So the NCAA, led by Board President Michael yeah. Drake, their Board of Governors has voted to give athletes the ability to, quote, benefit from the use of their name, image, and likeness. Yeah. Uh, end quote. Now, the Board did still say that they affirm the association's belief that compensation for athletics performance or participation is impermissible. Right. And this uh, this move, well, I think pretty substantial change given that a month ago the NCAA responded to California passing a law saying that athletes could do this by yeah. saying that law was unconstitutional is still um, fairly vague. They're essentially directing the schools to and the, and the various divisions within the NCAA to look at their bylaws and figure out how they could make this happen. So yeah, I mean the the devil will be in the details here, but uh, but, but you're absolutely right. You can't just flat out pl- pay a, a a player to come, but once they get there, and if you're uh, Chase Young or J.K. Dobbins or some player that actually becomes a breakout star, you'd be able to actually do those buyers Subaru commercials or whatever or go else, on the right? Cover uh, of Wheaties or where whatever makes well, them. I saw going, a lot going of way back there. Don't they still do Wheaties covers, athletes? I saw a lot of Twitter content that uh, I admit I I went no further on, but about video games, like an NCAA video game. That's actually where a lot of this started. That's a lawsuit that killed the the, uh, very popular NCAA uh, video game because I used to play that game. They had the players' likenesses. It wasn't just names and numbers. Like The players were designed like Tim Tebow looked like Tim Tebow on the game. So this is the lawsuit that... Or the, okay. at least the largest lawsuit that sort of kicked this whole thing, uh, whole thing into gear. So that so the wow. tweets it, I was seeing were people celebrating the idea that perhaps this NCAA game would be able yes, to come back if come they back. paid yeah. every athlete for the. Well, life. who knows? Which, if I'm EA Sports, I'm going to do. I mean, because yeah. that game was hugely popular. Yeah. Also, well, it depends. I mean, you got to pay. What's his name? Chase Young. <laughs> You got to pay him more money than <laughs> yeah, right. random tight end and the, and the, the funny the, the the funny thing is as a long time like college sports fan the funny thing about the NCAA hand wringing over this to me is that the pay is going to come from other people right. this still yes. doesn't put the the schools on oh, yeah. the hook 
for paying anyone, whether you think that's right or wrong, this is just allows them to make money from outside. I just think they hold on to this, this image that all of our athletes are amateurs and we keep it that way because it's pure. Yes. Everybody knows. (laughs) I mean, it's, it feels a little bit like, like drug decriminalization or whatever, like to to know, because it's like, we all know. Yeah. Who's editorializing now? Yeah. But <laughs> right. but it happens. It's, you, it's, you know, the, especially the people who could make money from commercial from licensing their name. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, I will They're, say we. Some of them are getting paid already. Yeah, Dan yeah. is not it's afraid. Not, well, not, I mean, look, <laughs> just it's, implying it's, it. It's Emily. not exactly a secret. This is exactly the type of stuff that college programs get in trouble for. Yes, yes, issue. that's sure. true. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. These things happen, and it's yes. been happening, and it just makes it more above right. board now. What so I do, yeah. if this does pass, then the players don't have to sell their gold pants for tattoos. They can just, for example, use their, <laughs> yeah. right? Yes. Uh, I do think those players could have been in commercials around. Town and exactly. they would have had a, a, a line of, of income in and they would still have their, their gold pants and their well yeah. and their reputation. Well, it also, if we want to get super deep into it, I guess this is also the compensation question generally. But you know, the argument could be made that if you want players to stay in school longer rather than in basketball getting your one and dones and whatnot, mm-hmm. the right. reason that uh, that that uh, Cal Perry and whatnot argue morally for the one and done is that these kids need to cash in while they can, right. and Tim so. Tebow. If you give them a line of income, even this licensing income, while they're in school. Right. Uh, what I think is interesting, we did put a business pulse up about this story, which I looked up as Doug was uh, editorializing at the start of the podcast. <laughs> and of the 88 people who have voted in this poll... I was one of them, by the way. 41% say that they think it's the right move, which I will admit, I don't know if the answers in this are uh, are fully like statistically significant, because <laughs> my other option that I was comparing that to is... I think it's a step in the right direction, but they should yeah. just let the athletes get paid. That's only 16%, but I guess you could feel both ways and yeah. have had to choose which one you feel more yeah. strongly about. Yeah. So, But the so. majority of the poll is towards Towards this being the right decision. In some way. Some way, yes. right. But anyways, yeah. Ohio State, despite President Michael Drake being... The president, the chairman of this board, uh, and him, and it being his statement that the NCAA put out, the school did not offer us any comment on it. They directed our questions back to the association. So yeah, it remains okay. to be seen how Ohio State's going to feel about this. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how Michael Drake, the college president, and Michael Drake, the board president, yeah. thinks of NCAA act on this because that's a tightrope that most college uh, presidents don't have to walk, and he's going to have to walk that. I, for one, am glad that this podcast is sticking to sports. <laughs> Topical. Uh, very nice. Uh, nobody's resigning today. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on from Deadspin, we're going to go to Rogue Fitness. This was uh, a, a breaking uh, about a week ago that, uh, and this was exclusive to us, that uh, Rogue is considering taking their proposed CrossFit arena to Austin, Texas, of course, uh, or you know some other place uh, in the city or the region because their original proposed location in front of their Milo Grogan headquarters uh, doesn't have any parking, and that's not cool with the city. No, it's four thousand seat arena they want to build, which would attract. I don't know much about these CrossFit um, championships, but they seem popular and people go to those. So there'd be four thousand people or more flooding into Milo Grogan, and if there's no parking, where do they go? They park on the streets, they Uber in, they walk, whatever. They could run there. <laughs> yes, Dan raises a great point. <laughs> they could. I don't. Be know a lot of fitness so much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
which is is in, interesting because that neighborhood is one that has um, wanted to turn for a long time and attract businesses and attract people to come there. And now some of the people who work and live there don't like the idea that all these cars would be parking in front of their. Well, the, what the city has said is that a they you know they have this requirement for the number of spaces that you need to have for that size of facility. Mm. But kind of regardless, if Rogue wants to argue that people will park elsewhere and they'll shuttle them or they'll take ride-sharing services or whatnot. The city needs to see some kind of plan for what that is going to look mm-hmm. like. So I think, uh, you know, Rogue told, told us uh, if we can't get this figured out, we're going to go elsewhere, including maybe Austin. Um, the vibe I get from the city is that there is this is being, you know, negotiated in the right. way that lots of planning issues are negotiated. So uh, we'll see if they do take their tire and go home right. or <laughs> kettle very <laughs> slowly <laughs> <flip it. laughs> end over end <laughs> through the parking lot of yes. a building which why do you even have the building have you ever noticed that about crossfit they're always doing stuff like outside of the buildings yeah they are <laughs> gonna start seinfeld style observational yeah. comedy about what? crossfit what's the deal with crossfit <laughs> Yeah, now Rogue does own, uh, we, we documented, we looked through property records, Rogue, do, Rogue does, does own some parcels around its headquarters, but they just really haven't said what they're planning to do there or if that could potentially be a parking solution. So this sure. will be something to watch going forward, as uh, Eleanor indicates, it's still pretty early in the negotiation stage. All right, moving on to restaurants uh, and a particular spot on 4th Street in uh, German Village. We have uh, a, a former tenant coming back and a new tenant coming in. Uh, which one do you want to start with, Dan? Let's start with the tenant coming back to okay. the neighborhood. That would be Harvest Pizzeria, which yep. uh, opened in German Village on 4th Street about eight years ago. They closed that restaurant a little earlier this year with uh, in a rent dispute with the property owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at that time, promised that they wanted to be back in the neighborhood. It was a good uh, market for them. And then last week, announced that they will indeed come back to the neighborhood-ish, I'll say. They'll, yeah. they'll technically be in the brewery district, not German Village, but they're taking over the old Westie space uh, over on Front Street. So they expect to be back in there over the winter back with the full, you know, pizza menu, probably an expanded menu, frankly, because the space is much larger than mm-hmm. the original German uh, German village space. Which so, was tiny. Which was tiny. So. Is this going to be more of the what they had before in German village or more of the extended menu that they have elsewhere? Uh, they have not said. My guess, based off of their other harvests around town, is that with the added space, they'll probably have a bigger menu. Um, and if you'd ever been in that Westie space, it's sort of neatly divided into there's a main dining room and a bar mm. it's a, it's actually the space is almost a, a barbell shaped if we want to go back to, to mm, kind of road reference <laughs> so there's a hallway kind of connected there's sort of a big bar on one end that sort of opens up to the outside mm-hmm. with some garage doors and then there's a main dining room so with so, that space I imagine you'll get not just the pizzas but but so Westies has done well. this great service for a number of restaurants in town where Westies is closed and moved out and another restaurant can move in what were the other two the other one was Clintonville. Yeah, Clintonville uh, became an old bag north. of meals, and then Short North uh, is becoming Rue, which is an upscale Indian restaurant that will be opening uh, mid-November. So we'll have some photos from there soon. Okay, fantastic. And uh, now the former Harvest Pizzeria Space uh, has a new tenant, which initially kind of made me 
question, but uh, <laughs> I guess it kind of makes sense once you make the explanation. Sure, sure. Yeah. So and now the going back to that harvest space, the new tenant coming in is a new concept called Bistro Lino. It's a couple of guys who are um, they're experienced in restaurants, haven't owned um, owned one before here in uh, in Columbus. One uh, one has owned some in New York and has worked at Giuseppe's uh, over in Bexley. The uh, the other partner they met while working for Aladdin's Eatery here in town, mm. and uh, they're starting a restaurant of their own in that old harvest space. So Bistro Lino is going to be a mix of uh, Italian and Lebanese food because that's the backgrounds of the uh, the two founders. So it sounds odd at first, but mm-hmm. as they explained it to me, the, the, the type of Italian food in particular they're going to have is, is southern Italy, and they're like, it's actually you know, a short plane ride. There's a lot of okay. similarities and uh, spices and uh, use of will flatbreads. I, will I be able like to that. get a, a minutia there? <laughs> yes, yes, you can. Okay. Yes. Minushi? Minusha? Minusha? <laughs> Uh, that is a f- a pizza like uh, a flatbread pizza like thing uh, eaten at uh, for breakfast for late night snacks. Although they won't be open at those hours, so uh, you'll have <laughs> so to eat, eat it for dinner. <laughs> it's um, a little unorthodox. Here's but. my question about this story, Dan. Yes, it's a very small mm-hmm. space. Was Harvest? Did Harvest have? Seating in there, or was it yeah, small because they because you would go get your pizza? It's it's well. uh, there, there's it's small because the space is small. Well, yes, yeah. I guess were they <laughs> yeah. able to do that because yeah, they were a pizza place? Seating, um, uh, Doug, you'd been in Harvest before. How many yeah. seats would you guess there? Thirty, maybe. Oh, it's not many. It's not many. Yeah. Like you're yeah. you're definitely crammed in, mm-hmm. in pretty tight. There is a, there is a patio, so there's mm-hmm. well, well, right. in nice weather. There is additional seating outside. I know uh, carryout was a big part of the Harvest business mm. uh, speaking what they from needed experience. was Westies <laughs> moving in there and expanding it and then <laughs> getting out okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, were you saying 30 with the patio or 30 I'm in? guessing no not with the patio I'm betting inside they oh, probably said about okay. 30 it's a it's a very tight space but it's yeah. charming you look right into the kitchen everything yeah, is just it, yeah. right there on top of you and you get to be friends with your neighbors, I suppose. The, Cl- <laughs> the Clintonville one is not huge but and they stack people in yeah. there and there's always a line outside to get in it's wonderful Going back to Crater for a second, or did we mention Chris Crater? Uh, Chris Crater is the owner of Harvest Pizzeria. Okay. (laughs) Very successful, too, because three three Harvest locations in Columbus, one in Cincinnati, plus the Sycamore, which is very, very popular and highly regarded in Coseca, Cochina. Cosecha, Cosecha, in a, an Italian village. So he's doing very well for himself. Well, but he's closed several restaurants. Yeah, he's closed a few. Well. He had a higher end place called Salt and Pine that closed downstairs that's right, downtown yeah. a mm-hmm. couple years ago, and then he's had the two harvest closings. But one I guess that's right. I guess back, it's just so. net one harvest sure. closure. Yeah, right. So right, fair enough. I take it all back. We'll just uh, throw a bonus one in here: uh, Yellow Brick Pizza. For those who like the original one in Old Town East, it is now going over to River and Rich in Franklinton. Uh, so continuing that uh, development uh, around uh, that cluster of restaurants and bars and uh, Franklin's in there, I think that's going to be a pretty good addition over there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're popular. They're on par. You know, it's a nice actually transition from Harvest because they're both sort of local, grown, slightly more upscale, little fancier gourmet mm-hmm. uh, style pizzas where you can get weird toppings on them. And you had, you mentioned one in your story that oh you said gosh. if you wanted one that was a little heavier mm-hmm. than the others, what was it? Which one? The potato one? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 What do they call the, that the one? Boise, the Boise, uh, <laughs> I'm forgetting the second word. Boise special or Boise oh, something man. like that. Well, then there's a Diablo. And bacon and yes. Yeah. Sour, and sour cream. cream. The Boise so. surprise. Boise uh, surprise. And then Dante's Inferno. Although in uh, fairness, which, 
if I see Boise, like I'm thinking potatoes. Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to be surprised. Yeah, well, that's All true. due respect no. to Yellowberg Pizza. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, if they put something like a bratwurst on it. <laughs> that would be a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> right. their, um, their deep dish, the Tristano's deep dish, is, is uh, I hear, pretty well regarded. I will admit I have not had it since yeah, they got either, it. Yeah. It's called Tristano's because there was a place in Grove City called Tristano's, and they got the re- uh, it closed, but they got the recipe for the oh, deep wow. dish off of it. Okay. Uh, off of that place before it closed. So that's why it has that particular name. I would think that this that would be very popular with the River and Rich crowd that's going to be there, younger and pizza eaters. Well, if, any, if, you're, if you're adjacent to the bars there, the, yeah. that, that string of bars and, uh, uh, and breweries yeah. there, I mean, that's a pretty easy skip uh, across that parking lot to go get yourself some pizza right mm-hmm. there. So I would imagine they would do a lot of business delivering yeah. over to those places as well, at least over to Landgrick since uh, BrewDog, Brewdog has a kitchen. Food, yeah. Yeah. All right, that is it for this week. We will see you back here next week with another uh, roster of uh, exciting business news. 